Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And thank you, Jesus. Well, it's around that time right here on KAZ Radio, where I have one of my most favorite parablists, none other than Lady Parablist with Deborah A. Wright. How you doing, Lady Parablist? I'm doing wonderful today. And you? I'm great, thanks. That's good. All righty. Welcome, listeners, to our third episode of Just Telling My Stories. Um, I just thank God for being able to come and do another set of stories for you. And please tag and share and invite your friends. I um, I found a nice little train scene in back of me. You can see it or maybe you can't. And I realized I have a lot of train stories today. So maybe I'll just tell some train stories and just kind of sit and relax and, and know that whatever you're going through in life, you're going to get through it. And it's going to be all right. So I thank you. This first story is called Going Places. I've talked to a lot of people. Everybody got excited about 2020 and the things that were going to happen in 2020. And now in the middle of the month, people are just kind of lost. It wasn't what they thought it was. So this story um, is in the book, The Year Uncle Bubba Jack Died. And it's called Going Places. She had Save-A-Lot bags and Michael Coors, homemade sandwiches sent to bacon. She packed way too much this time. She should have left self-pity and regret behind. Excuse me, is this seat taken? <laughs> Been scrambling, scurrying, now in position, a sigh of relief releases a silly grin. She made it this far, no rear view mirror needed. Settle in for the ride. Some of the folks looking back last time, no doubt. Head still reeling, all the drama still feeling, wondering. What was that all about? Some looking straight ahead. Destiny, is that you calling? I'm coming, I'm coming. Y'all gonna see about me this time. Man, this thing is crawling. Train, megabus, mega dreams, poor man's limo. For a little more than a dollar, it'll get you from A to B. But it's up to you to see if you're really going places or just swapping scenes and changing faces, passing time. Now most of you know that I'm a stage four cancer survivor and I spent a lot of my years, different trains, different directions, different routes, until I really realized what my purpose in life was. Now some of us think we have one purpose or one thing to do, but your purpose is just being all that God created you to be. And it's kind of a miserable thing to not know exactly where you're going or what's going on in life. And that reminds me of a story of my oldest granddaughter, Nykera. When she was about two years old, she was very spoiled because she was my first granddaughter and, and her other grandmother, had, you know, was, she was special to her. And we never spanked her. She was just spoiled. But she wasn't bad. But one day she was at her other grandma's house. And she got in trouble, and her other grandma spanked her. 
Well, Nykara was just outdone, and she ran upstairs and grabbed her little Barbie or whatever kind of nightcase and came downstairs and stood at the door. She was barely old enough to reach the handle, and her grandma said, Nykara, where are you going? She said, I don't know, but it's over for here. That was so funny to me because even as a child, she knew that where she was wasn't a good place for her. And some of us as adults, we don't realize until too many things have passed and happened that where we're at now is not necessarily a good place for us. So I just want to encourage you to, the year's not, it's just begun. You can look and you can see different things that explore different things. Don't try the same things you tried last year. Maybe try music or try art or try drama or try different things. Me, I love telling stories. Now, it seems like this train is late. Hmm. It was supposed to come at a certain time. I hear it, but it's not that one. Well, speaking of late, I have another story. It's not good to be late. I have a friend, Reverend Booker. (laughs) He can tell you about being late. Now, this story is called The Funeral Prayer. Don't ever find yourself running late for a funeral, especially if you are the one officiating. Well, old Reverend Booker learned his lesson. One time, he came rushing into the funeral service right at 9.50, and the funeral was supposed to start at 10 o'clock. He noticed the smells of the food for the repast and thought to himself, this is going to be a short one. The food was smelling wonderful, and he was indeed hungry. It didn't seem to be like a whole lot of people here for the service anyway. So Reverend Brooker picked up, picked up the furniture, the program, and realized that himself, and there was one other person to sing a song and another one to do a prayer. He saw the singer and motioned her to come. Come on, have a seat. Then he looked around for the Reverend who was supposed to say the prayer. He almost got a bit worried because he didn't see anyone to say the prayer. But then he spotted him. It had to be him, because he saw a man with a cross that seemed like it was a foot long dangling around his neck. (laughs) He thought, oh, well, to each his own. The man was heading in the wrong direction. Reverend Brooker grabbed him by the shoulders and motioned him to go in and sit down. You come next, next to the soloist. He handed the man a program and said, you have the prayer. They were all there. Now they could get started pretty much on time. The soloist was just wonderful, and it was now time for the prayer. Reverend Brooker nodded at the man with the foot-long cross around his neck and let him know it was time for the prayer. (laughs) The man didn't move fast enough for Reverend Brooker. He motioned him, go on, go on, come on, man. It's time for the prayer. The guy got up and eased on over to the podium. He looked to his left, and he looked to his right, and he looked dead in Reverend Brooker's face, and he shrugged his shoulders and began to pray. The man had a very strange accent. Reverend Brooker could tell that he wasn't from around here, and he began to pray. 
dearly related, we are gathered here to give thanks for this here food that is spread out before us. We give thanks for the hands that skillfully prepared what they got down there. I'm not going to pray long, Lord, because this food is smelling up the place. Reverend Booker jumped up and almost knocked the man down, trying to get him away from the podium. Whew, the rest of the funeral seemed like forever. The family looked at Reverend Brooker like they could have laid him out with their relative. After the funeral, the family demanded to know who was that person that said such an awful prayer over their loved one. Reverend Brooker looked shocked. He thought it was the person that they had requested on their program. They told him absolutely not. They didn't even know who the man was. Reverend Brooker was furious, and he ran out the door to catch the man. He found him headed downstairs for the repast. When he caught him, he grabbed him and yelled, What kind of preacher are you praying like that? The guy jerked his shirt out of Reverend Brooker's fist and straightened himself up. Who told you I was a preacher? You just grabbed me and pushed me up the stairs, and you told me to sit down and wait until it was time for the prayer and go over the podium and pray. The only prayer I ever prayed in my life is for the blessing of the food. <laughs> I didn't know anybody in there, and I ain't from around here. I was just lost. When they stopped him, I had just come in looking for directions. <sighs> Poor Reverend Brooker. It sure don't pay to be late. <laughs> you know, funny stuff happens in the church. I remember one time years ago that I was the secretary for the church. Everything went fine as long as they had that big old computer that I could handle. But then the church got a new computer. Oh, it was exciting at first because part of the software that came with the new computer was a church membership builder program. It allowed you to keep up with the membership and send out cards for appropriate occasions. You know, different things to make the members feel important and part of the church. One day I was playing around with that new computer and I saw that I could send out birthday cards, belated birthday cards and cards of encouragement and cards for the newlyweds. All kinds of cards. All I had to do was punch in a few key phrases and merge a list. The computer customized the cards and sent them out. I had never seen nothing like that. <laughs> now, it had been a while since the church sent out any birthday cards, and the old computer was out of commission for two months. So I figured I'd send some belated birthday cards along with the current ones. The church had several couples that had gotten married during the last couple of months, so I figured I'd send them a nice little newlywed card from the church. I decided I'd send some cards to the new members, too, and I might as well had added the ones on the prayer list and those that needed encouragement. Now, that fancy computer could also post job postings, and we needed a janitor, like, immediately. The church ain't been cleaned properly in two months since Brother Duke took sick. 
Now, I went on punching keys and creating lists and merging lists, and I was so proud of myself. <laughs> and that touch new computer, that was pretty cool. Now, everything went fine for about four days till some of them cards started coming back. Then I realized, Lord, I done made a huge mistake. You see, I found out that the belated birthday cards merged with the deceased members list from 2006. <laughs> the new members cards accidentally merged with the newlyweds. And the new members cards started out with welcome to the church family. And it went on to say, who the Lord done put you under, let no man put asunder. And it ended with, to death do you part, oh Lord. And the newlyweds got a card merged with the standing in the need of prayer list. And they said, we are sure you've had better days. Hang in there. Change is going to come. Lord of mercy, Lord of grace. I wish I could have hid my face. But I took my tail and I went on in to tell the pastor and make an apology. We both agreed that a handwritten apology, a phone call, and a coffee shop gift card would be necessary. Well, I made the calls, and they had a good few good laughs. But we invited them to Friends and Family Day. Many of them promised that they would come. When Sunday morning came, the parking lot was full. I mean, extremely full. There was a few pickup trucks, some vans, and a few of them wood-sided station wagons, and even a popsicle truck. Inside the church, it was standing room only, even in the balcony. The church members hadn't seen so many people in the church, well, well never. Funny thing, though, it was noticeable that folk don't dress up for church anymore like they used to. Because most of them had on T-shirts and blue jeans and overalls, and some of them had tool belts on. <laughs> I can understand this new come-as-you-are movement, but then they had brooms and mops and plungers and pine cleaner and vacuum cleaners. There was nine or ten vacuum cleaners sitting down the aisle. All of a sudden, I got a sick feeling right there in the pit of my stomach. The day I sent out them greeting cards, I also sent out a notice to hire Jana on that fancy computer. <laughs> Uh-oh. I went up to the balcony and I found a little old man with a red vacuum cleaner and I asked him to come here. I said, why do everybody got cleaning tools? He got excited. He said, oh, don't you know? The church is hiring a janitor on the spot. And the ad said, bring your own equipment and start immediately. And it pays $85,000 a year with heavenly benefits. And it also said if you're able to sing, that's a plus. All she could do was sit down on the step and gather her thoughts. She snatched off her wig and scratched her head. You see, the new computer merged the request for a janitor with the old request for a youth music director. Lord, I wanted to get sick. But I figured that I may as well get my praise on and build up my courage to tell my pastor what had happened after service. Ooh, the service was high that day. 
the pastor preached, sweep around your own back door. And the choir sang, I got to clean up what I messed up. And their B selection was, we'll go sweeping through that city. There was one man in the balcony singing with a feather duster, and he was directing the choir. Yeah, the folks up in the back the balcony that made themselves a choir. They were singing better than the real choir. They were sounding pretty good. Folks was getting happy, and when the pastor made the altar call, you should have seen them blue jeans and two belts running down to the aisle. <laughs> After the service was over, pastor gave me that look. You know, see in the office, look. My legs didn't want to move. But pastor started out, Mother Williams, I was just wondering, did you know what all happened today? I just shrugged my shoulders. He went on to say, the offering baskets were full of resumes for the janitor's position. And I got at least seven family members who received related birthday cards for their loved ones that died in 2006. The family members just hadn't realized it had been that long since they'd been to church, and they decided to come out for our friends and the family day. We had over 200 janitors in the sanctuary. 27 souls came to Christ, <laughs> and seven families rejoined the church. And the newlyweds brought both sides of their family to see the service because they figured any church that would send out cards like that must have had a sense of humor. They came just to see. A few of the janitors, they agreed to stay over and give the church a thorough cleaning free of charge. If I hadn't been sit down, I probably would have fell down. Pastor clapped his hands and did a little holy dance. Oh, what a lovely day, he said. Oh, and I see you wearing your hair a little bit different these days. I looked in the mirror and realized I put my wig on backwards. I was so nervous, and a little yellow tag was hanging on the side like a bow. I was so thankful that my mistake came out all right in the end. <laughs> Pastor graciously accepted my resignation. Me and the new computer didn't get along very well. Now, one of the applicants got hired as a new janitor, and the church even got a men's choir out of the deal. Ooh, the new secretary just loves the new computer. And the members love receiving cards from the church. Yes, it all worked out in the end. You know, sometimes in life we try different things and they don't all necessarily work out, but just try something. At least you can say, well, I tried to do oil painting and it, that's not my gift. But try things. Don't just sit and let the enemy beat you up that I'm not worth anything. I don't know how to do anything. I'm a nobody. I'm lost. I'm confused because we were all created fearfully and wonderfully. We're fearfully and wonderfully made by our creator. Now, when I thought the stage four cancer could have possibly taken me out, and I just thank God, I'm, I'm, I don't call it remission, I call it a grace period. You know, I just have a grace period. And during this grace period, I want to spend my time exploring so many different things. But I never really got worried about dying. I don't want to die now. 
But I know it's something that we're all going to have to come through. And when I saw my train station prop in the back, I thought about this poem that I wrote in the 70s called Glory Train. Because even though none of us wants to die, we have to die at some point. And to be prepared to die is the main thing. It really doesn't matter at that time whether you're a doctor or a lawyer or a street cleaner or whatever. But what really matters is when it's time for your glory train to come, will you be able to step on board? So this story is this poem is called Glory Train. I'm packing up and moving out. I have no time to waste. I have a train I have to catch. No time for idle haste. I really got to hurry. I barely time to pack. You see, I can't afford to miss this train. It won't be coming back. Upon arriving at the station, I heard a glorious sound. There were many anxious passengers waiting all around. I quickly entered through the crowd. Thankful I wasn't too late. I found a seat in the corner and patiently did wait. I was thankful that I made it. Whew. I didn't mind the wait, but it did appear, however, that maybe the train was late. A couple people next to me said, would you please hold my spot? We must return home briefly. There's something we forgot. Another couple next to me, I could hear them say, let's go pick some flowers. There were some beautiful ones along the way. Soon it got quiet. Just a passenger here and there. But the others, they'll be back shortly after attending to their affairs. I too began to tire. It was quite a lengthy stay. But soon I heard a glorious noise and the train was on its way. I rushed right out to meet it with my ticket in my hand. Oh, Lord, I finally made it. It's on to the promised land. The others, they came a-running, the ones who couldn't wait. I was hoping that they could make it. But no, it was too late. And as they came a-knocking, I heard the conductor say, Depart from me. I know you not. And the train was on its way. So no matter what purpose you find, what, no matter what path you take to your destiny, the ultimate thing is to know that you know Jesus Christ for yourself. And the step to finding your purpose in your path is to get connected with the person that created you. A creator knows what they create a subject for. So God knows what he created you for. You don't have to spend 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 years wondering, what am I here for? Ask the creator and he'll know. And if Jesus isn't in your life, that's a serious problem right there. I remember another story about my grandson, De'Aaron. I had recently gotten married and um. And he um, came to my new house, which is kind of a lot bigger than the old house. And so the first night that he spent the night there, we had fun and he was excited. And I had him sleep in the room right across the hall. 
And he was fine for about five minutes. And then he come running into my room. Mima, 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 I'm scared, I'm scared. And I figured, okay, I am smarter than a four-year-old. So I took him back and I comforted him and I showed him everything in the room and let him feel comfortable. And I said, this is your room when you come and stay. You got to get used to it. Isn't it nice? He said, yeah, it's nice. And he went back to sleep. This time he stayed asleep about five minutes and I figured, okay, that worked. But then he come running in my room, screaming and hollering me more like the house was on fire. And I said, Aaron, what's up? And again, I took him back in the room and I comforted him again and he went back to sleep. After about 15 minutes, he came hollering louder than the other two times and he was afraid. And I figured I gotta be smarter than a four-year-old. So I went back in there and I said, you see this nice blue chair right there? You never have to worry because just imagine that Jesus is sitting in that blue chair. He kind of bought that. This time he stayed in the room and it was nice and quiet for about a half hour. Then all of a sudden he come running in my room again. I said, Aaron, what's wrong now? Didn't I tell you to imagine Jesus sitting in the blue chair? He said, yeah, Mima, but Jesus went downstairs. <laughs> and so if Jesus is... Jesus doesn't leave us and go, but just in the mind of a four-year-old, if you're not where you feel the presence of Jesus, that's the first thing you need to do is get the Lord in your life. And he will lead you and he will guide you and he will show you what you need to be doing. Now, I, the, when my do- granddaughter was talking about it was over for here, I used that title that she had and I wrote a book on it I wrote a book on it and I have a book called it's over for here and if you're somebody that really doesn't know what's going on in your life and you're confused you had a major situation like maybe cancer or disease or lost your job or something just message me or just type me in the comments and if you type me in the comments, I will send you a copy of the ebook. It's over for here. Because it's a miserable thing to not know your purpose. It's a miserable thing to not know direction. It's a miserable thing. And as an evangelist and a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I want everybody to enjoy every moment that God gives us here on earth. Enjoy what you want to do. Um, in 2002, God told me to be a storyteller. I didn't think very, very much of being a storyteller, but it's amazing what doors you can go into being a storyteller, how you can encourage people, how you can show people different things about themselves, how you can encourage them to create and tell their own stories. So if you're lost, if you're confused, or if you have someone you just want to help them, just type me in the comments and I'll make sure you get a copy of the book, It's Over for Here. That book tells you how to find out where you are and how to set a plan for your life. And um, 
I know this goes in archive, so we'll just say to the for the weekend. So today is the seventeenth. So maybe people that watch it up until the twentieth of January will send you that book out. And I promise you, it'll help you and give you some direction and some guidance. And I just thank you for tuning in to episode three. I would like it if you could forward this to people you know that are doing chemo. Sitting there six hours having poison pumped in your body is a lonely time. I imagine the same as with dialysis. People that are con- that are sick and ill, just share stories with them. There's two other episodes. You can pick which one you want to share with them or share all of them. But the main thing is we are our brother's keepers. When we see our brothers down and out and, and lost, we can lend a helping hand. This book will show them some strategies, and there's no charge for it up until the 20th. If you need it, I'll email it to you or download it to you so that you can have some kind of direction. In the book, here means any place that's not productive, any place that's barren, any place that you're not growing, well, you have to declare that it's over for that place because God has so many great things planned for you, and it is my desire That just like I found my direction again, that each one of you find your direction in Christ. Thank you, and see you next time.